Hey, you guys should be getting some notes pages here. Um, we're starting a new series tonight that I am very, very excited about. It is called Weird. As we're getting our notes pages, can we just say that? I know we got to get that out. We're going to say weird a lot. Maybe you don't really like that word because it's kind of a bad word. Can we just say that on, on the count of three? Can you just say weird, okay? One, two, three. Okay. I don't know if I say weird, okay, but I, I just like to say it a lot. So let's try it again. And say it like you mean it. Sometimes in church, like you, people say, uh, you know, the pastor or whatever up top will be like, repeat after me. And you're like, uh, or like when they ask you to read like scripture off the screen. And everyone kind of mumbles because you don't really want to be like standing out and be weird. But that's what this whole series is about. So when I say three, you're going to say weird like you mean it, okay? Are we good with that? One, two, three. I like that. See, I heard, I heard a few really, really getting it. All right, so um, we're going to start off today, because here's the deal. I know it, it's a weird, haha, no pun intended, but pun intended. It's a weird series title, but we are really excited about it. As you see, it says weird because normal is not working. Um, I can't wait for the next four weeks. We need to, man, if your friends aren't here that normally are here, they need to be here, okay? Get them here. Make them listen to the podcast, because this is going to be a series that I really, really want us to all get our heads and our hearts around. But to start it out, I thought I'd, you know, this week... When I, when I prepare these messages, I get um, what I like to call sermon ADD, okay? And I'm, like, thinking about things, and all of a sudden, uh, my mind starts to wander, and I go on Google Images, okay? That's always bad news, okay? If you've ever been on Google Images, it's just, like, a minefield. You just, like, it's, it's kind of like YouTube. You guys ever been on YouTube where you, like, checked out one video, and, like, an hour later, you've watched 100 videos, and, the, and like, you were watching a video with substance, and then you're watching some guy, like, eat 1,000 Oreos a minute. You're like, wait a minute, how did I do this? Um, it was because it suggested videos that led me to the Oreo trail, okay? That's, that's kind of what happened. And so uh, I have some pictures that I just want to kind of get our heads thinking about what's weird, okay? Because we've all seen some of these people, and, and they're weird, okay? Uh, I don't know the order of them, so let's just try it. Here's the first one. Let's, well, what's the first one of? Okay, that's weird, okay? I don't know who those guys are, but I'm never taking a family picture with a pacifier in my mouth, Okay? To, to bond with my child, okay? That was, when I typed in weird pictures, um, that was one of the first ones, and I thought, yeah, you're right. Matching all the way, even though he's like 40 with a pacifier. Weird. Does anybody do that at your school? When I was in high school, there was like a really weird trend where like grown people walked around with pacifiers. Has anybody else ever experienced that? No? Like it was like a, a, a trend for a minute there, high school students buying pacifiers, and, and, like, they made a rule, like, in the school. You cannot bring your pacifier to school. It's like, really? This is weird. Really, really weird. Okay, what's the next one? Who knows who that is? You, you can't talk about weird things without Weird Al. Uh, if you've never heard of Weird Al, just iTunes him, okay? He's, he's like a, he really is a genius. He's weird, and he's sometimes super cheesy, but he's a genius. He takes, like, regular songs that everyone loves and makes them really funny by making them a parody, but he's like a millionaire because of it. And so you're like, I hate him. Well, he's a millionaire because he makes fun of people. Um, what's next? Who's next here? Oh, yeah, you guys all know her? That's Lady Gaga, in case you didn't know. The reason I did this one, does anybody remember? This is a few years ago, I think. What that is on her, that's weird, okay? She shows up to the VMAs, I think it was, covered in meat, like raw meat, and it's like, hey, this is my dress. I'm trying to make a statement, okay? Okay, Lady Gaga. Um, next picture, I think this is the last one. Check that dude out. This is his family picture. 
weird dog, and then check that hairdo out. That right there is awesome. It's super, super awesome. Um, here's why I did that today. Um, how many people know somebody who's weird? Anybody know anybody who's really weird? No, really. Like, yeah, you're like pointing, right? I want us to get on the same page with this word weird because we're talking about it, okay? Because here, if we're honest tonight, and I know there's a lot of people I don't know in the room and a lot of people that I do know in the room, but if we're super honest tonight, I think we can all agree that we never really want to be called weird. Like, that's kind of what you grow up not wanting to be called. Like, maybe it was just me, but when I grew up, you want to be normal because when you're weird, people point at you and say, he's weird, he's different, he's not normal. And so we, we kind of make our lives try to fit in and not be weird. That's kind of the goal of adolescence. We don't really want to be weird. That's kind of a goal of humans. Don't stand out. Don't make people look at you. Don't be out on the edge. Be normal. Okay? But if you have a Bible, I want you to open it up to first, uh, the book of First Peter. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, I encourage you to bring a Bible. This is the only time we let you pull out your cell phone in refuge. If you have a Bible on your cell phone, we would love for you to pull it out right now because that is the Bible, even though it's electronic. Um, pull out your Bible from your cell phone or pull out your actual Bible. And I, what I want us to do is I want us to hit pause on the normal thing that I just talked about, right? Remember that I said that, that if we're all honest tonight, we like to be normal, Okay, and then press pause on that and go over to 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to be in verses 15 and 16. If you did not bring a Bible, bring it next week, but we always put it on the screen for you anyways, for you lazy people. Here's what 1 Peter chapter 1 says, and I want you to remember what I said. Remember, we pushed pause on the normal thing. Here's what it says. But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. This is Peter writing a book to Christians telling them, be holy just as God is holy. Because God chose you for the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. Peter is saying, remember Christians, be holy. Remember what God said in the Old Testament. That's what it says when it says scriptures. He said in the Old Testament, be holy because I am holy. You're like, okay, what does that have to do with anything? Does anybody know what the word holy means? Ben kind of just talked about it, which is weird. We didn't talk about that. Here's what the word holy means. You ready for this? Sometimes we say we're in church and we hear all, all about holy. You're like, yes, God is holy. Jesus is holy. He's holy spirit. Something holy. I'm in church. Holy. Holy. We have no idea what it means. You guys ever do that in church? You're like, you say these words. You sing them in songs. You're like, what does that mean? I don't know. It's God. It's a God word. Here's what holy means. Very simple. Two words. Write it down. It's on your notes. Set apart. It's separate from, set apart. There is something distinct, different. Holy equals set apart. What Ben was just saying in that song is when we say God is holy, we mean he is so separated from anything we know, meaning he's in his own league. It's separate. It's not part of what is normal. It's separate. And so remember what we said over here. We said, man, we all want to be normal. If we're honest, and we would never say that because we want to be, want to blaze our own trail. We want to do our own thing. But at the end of the day, when we put our head down on the pillow, we want to be normal. But the Bible says in First Peter chapter one, as Christians, we are to be holy, or set apart, different from normal. 
See, that's what this whole series is about. And some of you guys are starting to connect the dots, right? Some of you maybe junior hires are like, I'm confused. It's okay. Hang with us, okay? Here's what I'm saying. We really have a desire as humans to be normal and not really stick out because we don't want to look, be looked at as weird. But the Bible says, no, as Christians, be holy, be set apart, be different, be not normal. Maybe we would say, be weird, Because weird equals not normal. Weird is different. Weird is distinct. Weird is not normal. That's the whole series in a nutshell. And tonight, here's what we're going to do. We're going to dive into some specific topics over the next few weeks. I want you to be here, invite your friends. But here, the whole series in a nutshell is we are saying, let's wrap our hearts around being different than what is normal. Why? Because we believe normal isn't working. We're going to get to that a little more in a minute. But what is normal in 2012 in your high schools, in your junior high schools, in your homes, in your circle of influence, normal isn't getting the job done. It's not getting people where they want to go in life. So maybe we should listen to what was written 2,000 years ago, and we should be separated from what is normal. We should do something different than what is normal. So the definition of holy is set apart. And I asked you earlier, who is the weirdest person you ever met? On the count of three, I just want you to shout it out, who the weirdest person is. If it's the person next to you, that's cool. That's totally cool. If it's me, that's cool. If it's like your small group leader, that's cool. But be, be very honest right now, okay? Are you ready for this? Some of it's going to be like your mom and they don't even hear to defend yourself. How dare you? You know what I mean? All right, on the count of three, weirdest person you've ever met. Ready? One, two, three. <laughs> All these girls said Daniel. That was smart. Ganging up on the guy, typical women. Typical. Scott, me, I am. It's cool. I'm really not that weird. I guess I am. I don't know. I don't know. I would submit to you, everyone, check it out. Listen up up here. I w- I'm going to submit to you something tonight. I believe one of the weirdest people to ever walk the face of the earth. And this is a church answer, right? If you, say, if you always think church answers, you're getting this one right. Is Jesus. You're like, dude, you can't say Jesus is weird. He's like God and stuff. Like, you can't say that in church. Remember, we're trying to change our definition of weird. We're not, weird doesn't have to be bad. That's what we're getting at this series. Weird means different. Weird means set apart. And you want to know somebody who's set apart. God comes down and becomes a human. He becomes a human, and he starts hanging out with these dumb fishermen. And he starts saying all this type of stuff that nobody ever heard before, like changing things that people lived in their religion for years and years and years and years and years. This guy comes on the scene. He's a carpenter, and he starts saying things that make people go, what? Who is this guy? He's weird. He's different. He is not your normal Jewish carpenter guy. So tonight, I want us to wrap our heads around. We're just going to kind of overview tonight. Again, we're diving in next week and the, and the weeks to come. And, and junior high and high school, we're going to split up like we have been. But I wanted everyone to be in the room tonight as we kind of open up what weird is, what this series is. I want us to wrap our hearts and heads around weird, not, not, not necessarily a bad kind of weird, not even a good kind of weird. But tonight, I want us to wrap our heads around a God kind of weird. That's kind of the, 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 the topic of tonight. What would it look like if we embraced a God kind of weird? So if you have your Bibles, which hopefully you already have it open, it's Matthew chapter 7. That's where we're going to be. And here's, here's what you got to know. We're going to be kind of jumping all over the Bible tonight. 
Because I want, you to, I want to show you that this isn't like Scott's thing. This isn't like, hey, let's do this at Refuge and like be weird and make a series called Weird. It's like a Bible thing. We see this all over the Bible. Jesus kind of making a distinction between what's normal and what's not normal. And he always kind of favors what's not normal. What is maybe a God kind of weird. So Matthew chapter 7, we're going to be starting in verse 13. This is Jesus talking. Remember, the weirdest person who ever lived, Jesus is talking right here. He says this, follow along on the screen or in your Bible. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few will ever find it. Okay, what does that mean? Jesus is talking to a whole bunch of people, and he has this kind of parable where he's saying, okay, there's two roads. There is a broad road. Broad is a word that means really large, wide road, and there's a ton of people on it. But here, let me tell you, that road is leading to destruction. That road is leading to nowhere. That road is leading to eternity apart from God. But there's another road. And it's a narrow road, and very few people are on the narrow road. And at the end of this narrow road is life. At the end of this narrow road is eternity with God. At the end of this narrow road is the only place you'll be ever satisfied. But there's a lot of people on this road, and there's very few on this road. So Jesus is telling all his people, and they have to make a choice, just like tonight we have to make a choice. What road am I on? Am I on the wide road that leads to destruction? Or am I on the narrow road that Jesus says leads to life? And so we're all on a road tonight, and, and, and that's just true. We are all on a either broad road with everybody else that the Bible says, or we're on a narrow road where it says few people are. And here's what I'm going to submit to you tonight, is the broad road is what's normal. Because that makes sense, right? What's normal is where most people are going. What is weird is where few people are going. So Jesus kind of paints this picture where he's saying, here's what's normal. There's a broad road with tons of people and it leads to destruction. But here's what's different. Here's what's weird. There's a narrow road that leads to life. Say, man, what's wrong with being normal? I'm going to kind of give you hopefully a picture of what normal is today. And when we say normal is not working Here's what we mean. Here's what's normal today. And I think you can agree with me. Normal today, teenagers, adults, kids, normal today is 2012 with all of our technology and all of our stuff. Normal today is that you and I are never satisfied. We are never satisfied. There's always more status or more friends or more money or more of this or more of that. We as people are never satisfied. It's pretty normal to always say, man, I wish I could have that. I wish I could have that. Here's what else is normal. It's normal for teenagers to be so overwhelmed and influenced by their culture that they become depressed. I was just talking to somebody today who works at a school here in town, and she said that in the last few weeks, she's worked with over 10 junior high students who have attempted or wanted to attempt suicide in the last three months. I'm talking like 12 through 14-year-olds. And some of you guys are like, man, I've lived there. I've walked that. That's, that's been me or that's my best friend. That's normal now. We're at a place now where it's normal for 12-year-olds to think that life is too hard and stuff's too much and overwhelmed with school and parents and things that, man, we can't take it anymore. And I just want to end it. 
That's pretty normal. Another thing that's normal is be sexually active as young as possible. Man, that's normal. It's all over the music we listen to, the movies we watch, everything we're always into, Twitter, Facebook, it's all over the place, is you actually gain some sort of status if you become sexually active as soon as possible. You're somehow cool, or you're better than other people, or you have more manhood or womanhood if you can just achieve this or that. And we step back in 2012 and we think that's normal. But here's what happens is teenagers, kids, and I don't, I don't say that to degrade you. Some of you guys are kids still. Man, you're 13, 14 years old. You're like, man, I want to be a kid, but you're living like an adult. And so what we're doing is we're listening to our culture, our normal culture. We're jumping from relationship to relationship, from bed to bed, from romance to romance, from, from person to person. And we're giving ourselves away. And, man, we're going to talk about this a lot next week. We're going to have break it up a little bit, high school, junior high, so we can really dive into this issue because it's a huge issue. This is normal. It's normal for us to think that we've achieved something in the eyes of our culture if we've gone a certain distance or gone a certain, you know, how, how far we've gone with another person that's not our spouse. That's normal. We give pieces of ourselves away, our whole adolescent life, maybe into our 20s, pushing 30. And finally, normal in our society says, man, you should probably settle down and get married. And so after we've given pieces of ourselves to however many people, we get married. And then normal in our culture is it lasts a couple years, times get tough, and we break it up. And we see the billboards, you see it, you're from Vegas, all over Vegas. Hey, we'll get your divorce done in two weeks, no hassle, you know, whatever it might say. And normal is, man, if it gets too rough, just break it off. It's pretty cheap nowadays. There's not a lot of collateral damage. Just break it off. That's normal. And listen, I've lived through that. Some of you guys are living through that. My parents got divorced when I was four or three. And some of you guys have walked through that. And that's normal. So when we say normal isn't working, maybe we can all agree on that. That our culture and maybe some of your friends and the music we listen to and the movies we're watching and everything about our world screams at you, do this, be this, walk this way, do that, and you'll be normal. You won't stick out too much. You'll kind of just go with the flow. But I step back and I look at that picture and I think, I don't want that. I don't want that at all. And so maybe tonight you don't want that either. And here's the good news about the Bible and the good news about Jesus. You don't have to have that. You cannot be normal. You can maybe go on the narrow road where people might call you weird, but it's a God kind of weird. It's a satisfying kind of weird. It's an avoid all this trash that the world tells you you need weird. And so here's kind of the series statement and I'm going to kind of give you a couple things, and we're going, to, we're going to be done tonight. Here's the series principle. This is what we're talking about all series. Junior high, high school, for the next month, you're going to see this statement. If you want what normal people have, do what normal people do. It's pretty simple. But if you want what few people have, do what few people do. And that doesn't take a lot of brain power. If you want what's normal, do.
do exactly what they're doing. But if you want what few people have, do what few people do. Or how we're saying it, maybe be weird. By the way, if you're tweeting anytime, anytime tonight, that's our official hashtag for this series, okay? Be weird. But that's what we're talking about all series long. If you want what normal people have, do exactly what they do, and you'll achieve that. Man, if you're, if you're doing what they're doing, you'll get it. But if you want what few people have, or as Jesus said, there's this narrow road that few are on, follow them. Do what they're doing. So as we kick off this series tonight, I want to look at two specific things about people who are not normal, people who are weird. Two things, and then we're going to move on, and you guys are going to have a great night. You can maybe go to service later, or you're going to go ha- hang out at your house and do some homework. But we're going to dive into this stuff in the next few weeks, and I want you to be a part of it. I want you to invite your friends to be a part of it, because this is not normal, okay? We're talking about what's countercultural in the next few weeks at Refuge. So here's a couple things we're going to talk about tonight. Weird people do two things. Here's the first one. Weird people don't think like normal people think. It's kind of an easy segue from what we just talked about. In Romans chapter 12, we see this from the Bible. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, here's what it says. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, the normal customs, the normal things, But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Weird people don't think like normal people. The Bible says don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world because it's going to lead you where? On that broad, wide road that leads to destruction. But let God transform you into a new person and change the way you think. Then you're going to know what God's will is for you. Then you're going to be fully satisfied and you will, you will be in that place that is good and pleasing in God's sight on that narrow road. So, okay, well, how am I supposed to think then? Let me give you a couple examples that we're going to talk about more in depth in the next couple weeks, but three examples. Your time. Pretty simple one, right? You guys all got busy schedules. You got school. You got sports. You got stuff going on in your lives. Here's how normal people think. Normal people think, okay, can I do this? Somebody just invited me to this party. Somebody just invited me to do this club or this activity or this thing. Can I do this? Can I look at my schedule? Can I do this? Here's how weird people think. Should I do this? Is this something that's good for me? Very practical example. Not, it's not, can I do this? That's normal to think, can I do this? Is it possible for me to just maybe overwhelm myself and jump into something that I don't necessarily need, but maybe I have a little smidge of time, I'm going to jump into this. And you think, you think you're busy now, your life is only going to get busier as time goes on. You're like, that's impossible. I'm, I promise you. I promise you. When I was in college, I thought, how could life ever get crazier than this? full-time job, full-time school schedule. How could I ever get busier than this? And now I got a wife and two kids, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Remember that time I didn't have any kids, and, like, Bryce wasn't pulling on me saying, hey, Dad, 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 bombs away, bombs away, which means I chuck pillows at him. Like, that's, that's my schedule now. Chuck pillows at sun. On top of everything else. It's not weird people think, should I do this? 
And maybe for some of you, maybe junior hires, maybe you freshmen, sophomores, you're like, that's kind of weird. I don't really get that. I just hang out in my house and play Xbox all day. Okay, it's coming. Okay, maybe that's for the upperclassmen. Okay, here's another one that we all can, 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 uh, can identify with when it comes to money. Maybe you have a little bit of it right now. Maybe you got a job, man. You're a senior, junior, and you got a job, and you're like, this is sweet. I got some cash. Here's what people, we, normal people think. How much can I spend? And then we look at my bank account. Obviously, I can't go past zero. Well, you can, but then the bank charges you, and it's a bad deal. Don't ever do that. But how, how much can I spend? Here's what weird people think. How much has God given me, and why? Good stewards, as the Bible calls it, are people that look at their money, not as their own, just a resource they can blow all over the place and just figure out, what can I spend it on? What can I get from me? Weird people say, how? What has God given me? Why is he giving it to me? Where am I investing my resources? Again, maybe that's a little over your head. When it comes to sex, here's what normal people think. There's no rules. Listen to everybody you're listening to. Watch what you're watching. Soak it all in and then react. That's pretty normal in our culture. Here's how weird people view sex. That it's a gift from God. Listen, God created sex. You're like, what? That's really weird to say. It's true. It's God's creation that the world has perverted into something he never intended it to be. And people are now left in the rubble thinking, why is my life such a mess? Because I got involved in this relationship or that thing or this. It's because the devil perverted something God made for good. And that's normal to have no rules now. Jump into it as young as you want having no clue what you're getting yourself into, just clicking away on that mouse into God knows where. Weird is, God's created this for something specific. What is it? Weird people don't think the way normal people think. Second thing, weird people don't live like normal people live. Weird people don't live like normal people live. First Peter chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. Again, I told you we were going to be all over the Bible. I want, you, I want to show you how the Bible speaks to this difference, set-apartness. First Peter chapter 2 is what it says. Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners. He's talking to Christians again, remember? He's saying, Christians, I'm warning you as people who this is not your home. This is temporary. Keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. The stuff, this junk that the culture is telling you is normal. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then, even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior. They will see you're not living like them. And they will give honor to God when he judges the world. Did you catch that? Here's what that verse is saying. Your friends who aren't Jesus followers. If you're a Christian tonight, your friends who are not Christians, your friends who would not say, I'm a Jesus follower, your friends who right now do not have a relationship with God, that verse says, should be able to look at your life and think, there's something different about that one. That they would see your behavior and they will give honor to God. They'll say, wait, 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 I don't know what it is, but there's something different about that one. Here's what I'm saying tonight. 
that verse is saying if there's never a time where your friends look at you and think, this one's different. Something is different about this person. He's weird. The way he handled that relationship, the way he handled when we wanted to go see that movie, the way he handled when that joke about that person who wasn't even in the room, the way he handled that situation, the way she didn't join in making fun of that person that sits alone at the table, the way they reacted towards that was weird. The Bible says there should be a time where your friends see something different about you. So for you and for me, the question is, is there ever that time? Not because you said, I'm going to church, and so they know you go somewhere on Sunday. By your honorable behavior, First Peter says. By your life, not by what you say, not by what you post on Facebook where you said, I checked in at Refuge, they know I'm not at home. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the way you react in the situations that are normal, and normal teenagers act this way, but you don't. So normal people live a certain way, and they think a certain way, and weird people don't. There's a difference. There's a set-apartness. I'll give you one last statement I believe is on your notes. I was running the other day, and I was just thinking about this message, and this kind of came to me, and I was like, man, that's true of my life. I've seen this in action. And so some of our students probably have too. Here's the statement. Sin is fun. Okay, I'm just telling you, we all know that. We've all experienced that because some people get up here and they say, sin is never any fun. You're always going to, no, sin can be fun. Okay, can we be honest with that? Okay, that's true. Sin is fun or can be fun, but it will leave you empty 100% of the time. Maybe not tomorrow, maybe not three years from now, but sin will never satisfy you. It will always leave you empty. Following Jesus being weird costs you, but it always satisfies. You say, what, following Jesus costs you? Yeah, the Bible says, Jesus says, if anyone wants to follow him, he must pick up his cross, deny himself, and follow Jesus. There's a cost. There's going to be that time when you don't laugh at that joke, and people are like, dude, what's up with you? Are you a Bible thumper? You can't even laugh at a joke that's funny because it's got a bad word in it, or you made fun of somebody that you, don't, you didn't think was cool. Oh man, what's wrong with you? You don't want to go see that movie? Haven't you seen who's in it? What's wrong with you? There will be that time. I promise you. You keep following Jesus. You keep being different. You keep being weird. And not in a bad way, not in a good way even, but a God way. You keep being Bible weird, following Jesus weird. There will be that time. And it will cost you. There will be times in your life where you're like, man, this is hard. But it will always satisfy Sin never will. Man, I hope sooner than later you get that. Because some people go their whole lives and never get it until they meet God face to face and they realize, wow, I was on the wrong road. I heard about this other road, but I thought that road was weird. I didn't want anything to do with it. I'm going to invite the band to go ahead and come up tonight as we finish up. As we finish up, I want to kind of give you guys a challenge. Here's what we want to try to do at Refuge. We want to try to get you, show you from the Bible why we're going a certain way, and then 
give you a response, give you a way to say, okay, the rubber's going to hit the road. Let me actually take this somewhere and go somewhere with it. Because here's what's never beneficial. We sit here in church and we soak all this in and go, yeah, amen. Oh, man, the Bible, that's cool how the Bible, like, related to what you were saying. That was cool. I've done that before. You're like, oh, yeah, amen, cool. And you walk out the door and then, bloop, it all goes bye-bye. That's pointless. So here's what we want to do. We want to give you something to do with this. Tonight we're introducing these things right here. They're called the life books. I'm wearing the shirt to represent it. Here's what this is. It is the gospel of John. Really cool, by the way. I'm like a creative, you know, packaging guy. Like I love when stuff is like packaged really cool. This is packaged really cool. Really cool. It's the gospel of John. We have like boxes upon boxes of these things. We got them for free from this company that gives out Bibles for free. And here's what we're going to ask you guys to do. We're going to ask you to stand up and stand out at your schools. So, oh man, that's weird. Yep. Because if there's never a time where there's a difference between us and the world, we're just talking a bunch of nonsense. Me included. Your leaders included. Man, I don't know how to talk to my friends about God. You don't have to. Your first step is to give your friend a life book. Maybe it's your best friend. Maybe it's somebody you've only met once or twice. He's in your class. You know his name, but you don't really know a lot about him. What you're going to do is you're going to give him a life book. You're going to write your name on the inside and your phone number and say, hey, man, when you're done with this, text me. I'd love to see what you think. Anybody can do that. That's not too weird. That's not too awkward. Give somebody a gift for free, really cool looking, and say, hey, man, when you're done with this, text me. Let me know what you think. I'm down to talk about it whenever you want. We're asking every single one of you guys. We got a grip of these things. They're in the back. We got a ton, a thousand, thousand of these things for free. We're asking every one of you to grab five this week and give them to people. See, that's weird. Yes. Because there's a whole lot of people on this broad road that leads to destruction. But we have this little message that we call the gospel that's life-changing and joy-bringing and sin-destroying and satisfying more than anything they're running through could ever satisfy them. And we keep it in our pocket and we say, oh, I know that's weird. I don't want to embarrass myself. I don't want to stand out. Well, it's time for Christians to start standing out. As First Peter says, being different I put this little stat on the screen because I thought this was cool. Because we're going to do this. Here's what I want. I want all you guys to give five of these out a week, uh, uh, this week. And then next week, grab five more. We all have 20 people in our lives that we could just hand this to and say, hey, because we've got, what, 30 kids in each class times six classes, five classes. You do the math. That's way more than 20. So it's not like the people aren't there. The people are there. It's just a matter of we have enough guts and enough joy in our relationship with Jesus to say, here. If each of you gave five of these away, and then next week five more, all the, all the all weeks of October, 2,000 students in our schools around this valley would get this. Hey, I know some of you guys go to a Christian school. Giving this wouldn't really be that awesome because you guys have to bring your Bibles to school. But you guys have friends that don't have to bring their Bible to school. You guys got friends that aren't Christians. If not, get some. Okay? If you go to a Christian school and you do not have friends, nobody in your life is not a Christian. 
meet some people. Start working out at a gym. Start playing basketball at a rec center. You got to get around some people that don't know Jesus because that can get you in a Christian bubble, and that's dangerous. So we're not going to give them to you as you walk out the door. We want you to take the step and to go to the connect table and say, I want life books. We're going to give you five of these things for free. And we're going to give you a little tip sheet. Something to kind of let you know, how do you do this? What are some steps to take to invite my friend to read this? Because I know it can be intimidating. I know that. It's intimidating for me. I'm like professional at this. I'm like a pastor. It's weird. Okay? I understand. But it's necessary to be weird sometimes.